0: flushcarecom slash weight loss.
1: Let's call this the Power 20 uh, instead of the Power okay. Hour. Renee, thank you for giving me the keys to your show this week. I had a really fun time. You're welcome, Caitlin. I'm glad you didn't... Uh crashed it into the wall
2: and i viewed some of it and it was very good and you did a fantastic job
1: uh i nearly crashed the car on monday my mic shit out five seconds as they before we started and then my earpiece fell out on the first episode so i figured i can either fake my own death after this first episode or i can lick my wounds and get back in there but i have to say not only do i appreciate you even more because that is not easy But also, I feel like I sort of have some insight into your brain now, just like the way you think, the way you're like on your toes, the way you're ready to jump in. You have to be. Your brain is hardwired after doing that for 20 years. It was really interesting. Yes, it's called uh, being a maniac. (laughs) You are a maniac. Okay, so instead of spending four hours talking about the Australian Open and everything that's going on, why don't we keep it real snappy so that people can get this in their ears Heading into week two, because it's going to be released tomorrow, the beginning of the second week of the Australian Open, which has been absolute carnage. I have so many things that I want to ask you about. Um, But first of all, the question on my mind is everybody's favorite on the men's side, Novak Djokovic, still in it, looking good, despite maybe carrying a small injury. There, is there a favorite on the women's side? And if so, I'm not sure it's Iga Tech And even if it was, she's out.
2: Yes, yeah, she's out. So uh, we don't have to worry about her. Um, listen, I have to say, after watching Rabakina um, really... Take out Ega yesterday. It was uh, fantastically. Uh, it's it's amazing how well she finishes. You know, she's just served out the match like it was no big deal. Um, so she has that really good demeanor about her when she's ahead and when she's feeling good about her tennis. And this court is perfect for her. It's really fast. It's um, you know similar to grass in a lot of ways because very difficult to defend if you if you're hitting the ball big, um, and she's doing that. Um, so look, there's not many. Grand Slam champions in the draw, and she's one of them, one of uh, a, a couple, uh, as a ranker, I, I can't even think about who any, who else is in the draw that's won a Grand Slam, and I believe she is the only one other than as a ranker, so, so when you've won a Grand Slam before, it really helps, you believe that you can do it, right, and she's done it very well at Wimbledon. Um, and then, of course, you know, Iga was the next Grand Slam champion at the US Open. So, and she's out. So, look, I think Pagula is playing really, really well. I think she's playing super tough as well. Uh, and the court is suited to her too, because um, it's quick. Uh, so, for me, uh, you know, if, if you see uh, someone like a Rabakina going against a Pagula, uh, you know, then it's going to come down to serving, and then you have to edge that to Rabakina. So, you know, the really good servers are going to do well. Um, and you think about a Caroline, um, you know, Garcia, who who can obviously serve really big too. Um, so, so, so there are some really big hitters still in the draw. Iga was a surprise in some way, but also just the speed of the court and the fact that she wasn't really super comfortable out there from the from really the time she's been in australia um it wasn't a shock that she went down yesterday um the you know i watched this the ostapenko goth match yesterday courtside and ostapenko's <laughs> another one yeah i mean i mean the the chances of ostapenko and Rybakina, who have to play each other now uh having more than a four ball rally i will fall uh, out of my chair if they can get over <laughs> five balls i mean both of them just hit the absolute shit out of the ball with zero spin um, and so you know, she, that's why she took out uh Coco Goff, another one that needs a little bit more time on the forehand, like Iga. Um, but Ostapenko, when she's on, she's oh, she's the only, she's the other person left in the draw that's won a grand slam. I, slam knew, winner. I, knew, right, right. I knew there was one more. Um, you know, you can't you can't, that that added ability to know that you can win a slam is something that is just puts you a little bit above everybody else.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for me, what's amazing is just how many big ball hitters there are left in the tournament. You mentioned a couple, Sabalenka, obviously Garcia. Azarenka, I was really impressed with, I don't know that I give her much of a chance against Pagula, just given how good Pagula is playing, especially on sort of the, the runway up until this tournament. But I have to give a special shout out to Vika. She had a tough match on her hands for a set and a half against Madison keys before Madison started to fall off. And she had a really tough fight against Ju Lin who really got her teeth into the match. Uh, Vika dug deep to think her way through it. And it's really fun to watch a grand slam champion against the ropes have to kind of, like, come up with some magic. And she did up until, like, literally the last point, in which case she had a running backhand passing shot that was exquisite and then, like, fell to the ground. So it was really, like, a fun, fun match. Ju took out, you know, Maria Sakkari the round before. So, like, some really explosive matches on the women's side. Men's side, we just got past what I think pretty much delivered for the popcorn for the men, which is Tsitsipas Sinner. I picked Sinner, but he kind of faded in that fifth set. I don't know what your read on that matches, um, but you got to mm-hmm. like, I guess, Tsitsipas' champion uh, sort of chances here. He's been to a couple of Grand Slam finals.
2: Yeah. I, I listen. I, he, he really surprised me in the fifth set yesterday. I think he figured out um, on his own that he needed to be a bit more aggressive with the forehand in particular um, in the fifth set. Cause the first two sets he played so well. Um, he actually was so much more aggressive than Yannick and, Better in every department was like he was a man possessed in the first two sets. there's was nothing that Yannick Sinner could do, and then he just dropped off slightly um, with the pace of the forehand and um, the back end's always a little bit the same. Um, and and Yannick just jumped all over it. And um, you know he was the more aggressive player for the for the two sets. And then all of a sudden, you know, there was one point. The first point of the fifth set was an incredible point from Sinner. He made an unbelievable get managed to run up to a drop shot, lobbed uh, Tsitsipas. It got over his head. Tsitsipas, I don't know how he got it, but he did get it. But it was, you know, just an average shot. And he had an absolute sitter on the nets, you know, with an overhead and he missed it. And that changed the whole momentum of the match, the whole momentum. And, you know, some people out there might think, wow, one point, it's on on Tsitsipas' serve, like it's not the end of the world. I said, no, trust me. (laughs) When you win two sets in a row and you are owning your opponent at that point and then you play a great defensive point and you have a sitter and you miss it, you know, to potentially go love 15 on Sitsipas' serve, it keeps the momentum. Even if Sitsipas wins the game, it's like you're forcing him again to work really hard. And he he missed that overhead and I just felt the entire match change right there. And I think as an opponent, I think Sitsipas realised that too. He's like, oh, that was a total break and all right let's go let's really go and play bigger tennis better tennis and he did and I give him unbelievable credit and he has incredible support down here in Australia because the second largest population of Greeks in a city outside of <laughs> Athens is, is here in Melbourne so they were all there in full spirit last night so he has the support of the crowd here so so um it's gonna be tough to beat his forehand is just monstrous when he when he plays it
1: well, I think a lot of us thought maybe we would be seeing him in more finals. That was up two sets to love on Djokovic. But he's got this young, uh, this young head kid, Juri Lichka next to, uh, according yeah, to our friend play. Petko, got to play with him on some sort of mixed team, I guess, a summer or two ago. And he said he's a monster in the making. Like, he's really, really good. I haven't seen, I haven't watched a single match that he's played, but I, I think he's by all expectations, that'll be exciting.
2: Very, very good player. I mean, very much in the Czech spirit, I guess, just... Little mini sort of verdict where he just hits everything flat and hard and big and he's athletic and um, he's kind of got a bit of a swagger to him. Um, And, and, you know, let's face it, the Czech men have uh, been been, um, underachieving comparative to the women over the years. So, in the last um, two decades, men, certainly, yeah, it feels like in the last two hundred years. Really <laughs> no,
1: come on, Ivan Martini. Lendl. Ivan Lendl.
2: Oh, okay, give Lendl. I'll give Lendl a break, but but you know, when you think about the great women tennis players that have come out of the Czech Republic, the, the men have been lacking big time. So it's it'll be nice to see them um, have this moment, you know, have another really great Czech player in the top ten, and he's yeah, he's a monster. I mean, he's fit as a fiddle, uh, young, and he really wants it. And so to back it up, what the way he did by winning another match uh, yesterday. It was pretty impressive.
1: I can't yeah. believe you're putting on makeup right now. What are you going to do? Are you going to some cool thing? Dude, I've got so many things to do here in Melbourne.
2: You have no idea. I'm tell me, going to have tell me what some with, of them are. I'm actually going to have breakfast with my former player, who's now retired, Sam Stosa, and her partner, Liz, and um, Evie, and we're going to have breakfast. And that's what I do. And then I've got to go to work. I've got to go. I'm not playing today. I don't know if you saw me, but I played yesterday. I managed to not hurt myself. I had hit one time from the US Open, and that was with you. Um, (laughs) So I managed to get through the match without hurting myself, which is a miracle, Um, although I did ice bath after, and I recommend that to everybody to do an ice bath when they don't feel great. Um, so, yeah. So, Caitlin, you know, I've got television. I've got visiting rights. I've got a lot to do. Okay,
1: Good. good. I mean, this is what we like. We like you busy. Are you going to be are you going to be hosting your show from Australia next week? I am going to be hosting
2: my show from Australia next week. Um, so stay tuned on that front. Hopefully the connections are all good and <laughs> we don't have any problems <laughs> with the wires. <laughs> Let's put it that
1: way. What aren't you doing? Are you going to get in there and run the tournament and stop putting matches on at 4 a.m.? I mean, I don't want you to put you in a weird position to have to critique uh, some of well, the what, choices there. But what what should we do about this? The fact that these players are getting on not before midnight in some cases, it's just brutal, no? Well, I mean, to watch
2: you know Azarenka go on the court again last night at like, you know, what was it? before midnight just midnight, before midnight yeah. and started 11 11 something uh it's yeah it's tough i mean for the women to play after the men best of five is just bullshit in my opinion i think the women should be first and then the men uh, only because you know everyone's like well the men have to play into the early hours i said, yeah but they start at a reasonable hour it's not their, you know if you go into the one o'clock in the morning because you're playing till seven, five in the fifth. Well, that's on you guys. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. For not closing a <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, but, but to make the women have to sit around for four hours before they go on the court, that's just, uh, I mean, you're never going to have a four hour women's match. I mean, if you do, it's like a once in a lifetime. So I just think it's tough for the women to sit around and play second on. Um, but look, they started earlier yesterday, they started at 1230 on center court, which I thought was interesting. I don't think that was in the schedule. Um, so they managed to get the matches on, on time on Rod Laver arena last night with the, with the, with the five set incredible Sebastian, Seb quarter. Seb oh my God. Um, yes. Uh, over, over her catch. I mean, that match was drama that I'm, American tennis is looking really good on the men's side. I mean, let's I'm face it.
1: Really pumped about said quarter. He to me looks like the realist. But we also have uh, you know Ben Shelton, the young kid out of Florida, oh, whose yeah. dad was a pro, Brian Shelton, and JJ Wolf, yep. who looks like he came straight from a monster truck rally. <laughs> well, I'm glad he's got rid of his mullet. I'll be
2: honest, um, because that would mean that he definitely's come from a from a uh, from a truck rally. But lovely <laughs> kid. I interviewed him. I interviewed him after his match um, a couple of days ago. And, you know, he just said, you know, his whole team and his thought process is just to get better every day and try and improve on the things that they're working on. And, um, you know, he's, he, he's got his head down. He doesn't get too excited. He's very entertaining to watch just because his game is so electric and exciting. So he's a little bit the opposite of Seb quarter. Seb's very quiet, very reserved, um, you know, claims he's the worst athlete in his team, in his family considering his dad won these train open. His mom was top 40 um, and his two sisters have been world number one in golf. So he's kind of right in some respects, but he's now into the quarterfinals. <laughs> and I tell you, it's going to be tough to beat. He plays um, Karen Hutchinoff, who, of course, beat Francis Tiafo the other day. It's a shame that Tiafo didn't win just because it would have been nice to see Carter and Tiafo going yeah, at it in the quarters, agreed. you know. To plus have a, plus you like two- a
1: total contrast in style. Two young Americans, one, the m- most flamboyant you can imagine, especially in his big faux romper. and then in Seb Korda, like sort of a smooth, stoic Iceman kind of type. Yeah, it is too bad, actually. Totally. Do you give yeah, Seb a good chance against Kachanov?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, Hutchinoff is playing great, and um, but but I just, I don't know, he has more experience, so I, I give the slight edge to Hutchinoff because of that, um, and he's, as I said, he's playing really well. It's the best I've seen him play in a long, long time, and we know how good he can be. So I, I'm you know, obviously my head, my heart says Seb because I just adore the kid. He's just such a nice guy. But you know, my my head probably says a little bit of Hutchinov just because of the experience and maybe it's his time. You know, he's been around a long time. He's been knocking on the door. Obviously he did so well at, at the Olympics and so we'll see. Um, physically, can Seb keep backing up these five sets? Um, I mean, to beat Medvedev and then to take uh, you know out her catch last yesterday, it's incredible back to back matches. But He's got a lot of great people around him. With um, now working with, you know, a consistent basis with Radek Stepanek,
1: who's you know been yeah, I was through sort these of big matches to himself. See him in the box. That was another Czech yeah. player, actually. Is he friends with the dad? Is that how that worked out?
2: Yeah, yeah, he's friends with the dad, and he's also friends with Andre Agassi, and Andre's still in Seb's corner and as an advisor. So, so yeah, they work together as a good little team. Um, and he's made a big difference because he's quite fiery, Stepanak. It's uh, not exactly a wilting flower. Um, <laughs> and so Seb, Seb's, Seb's really, I think, enjoying sort of the energy from Ruddick, and um, obviously still talking to Andre on a consistent basis. So, so he's got a great team around him. His dad's not here. I'm sure his dad's probably sad that he's not here witnessing this, considering he won the Australian Open on the same court. But, um, yeah, it's some really, really great stories all around, to be honest.
1: Yeah, no, it's been just absolute, like, mayhem in the best possible way. And I feel like if you look at both draws, like, there's really nobody who doesn't deserve to be there. There's the right mix of legendary status, but also exciting new faces, you know what I mean? Like, both draws have a little bit of everything in that way that we really like. How was it, just uh, on a note, a former multiple time guest a former host how was uh how has sam's send-off been somebody jokingly said you know she technically retired from singles and she technically retired from doubles but she hasn't technically retired from mixed doubles ready to make 2023 your healthiest year yet Saqqara's organic meals and wellness essentials are designed to deliver results. You deserve to have an amazing year, and Saqqara makes it easy and delicious. Saqqara delivers science-backed, plant-rich nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. Their ready-to-eat meals are nutritionally designed to deliver results. From weight management and eased bloat to boosted energy and clearer skin. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash racket or enter code racket at checkout. That's sakara, s a -A k-a-r-a dot com slash racket to get 20% off your first order. Saqara.com slash racket.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: <laughs> I did say to her, you could become a specialist mixed doubles player because she plays so well in mixed. Like she played, I was really unlucky the other night. Like she actually played very, very well in her, her last match. Um, the last serve she ever hit, which I told her, which I'm really happy about, was an amazing kick, second serve kicker down the tee. Um, under under duress, and she went for it, and she hit it great. And so I said, I, I feel good that that's the last serve you ever hit uh, under wow. under pressure, and you hit it you hit it really well. So she played really well. Her partner kind of let her down a little bit, and I, I don't like to blame partners in doubles because we all fuck up at some point. But he did kind of mess it up <laughs> at the beginning of the <laughs> tiebreak. He he missed a really easy overhead on the very first point of the ma- the match tiebreak, and he missed a you know a, a makeable forehand early and then he also missed a backhand on top of the net. So he didn't really help things and I think he felt a lot of pressure actually to make sure that you know Sam did well here. Um so I'm sure he was feeling a lot of pressure to do the right thing by her and so anyway they uh they lost to a good team and um as I said she played well and I'm happy for her. So we'll find out how she's doing today how it's how the second day of retirement has set in but uh, look she's <laughs> She's going to be, she's going to be
1: very busy in her life. Do you remember the last shot you hit as a professional tennis player? Uh,
2: no, I have no idea. I, I think I think the last match I ever played as a pro was world team tennis. And I think I won my set 5-0. So I feel really good about that. I uh, did not lose a game um, and contributed well to my team doing the, the whole thing. I think that was the last competitive match I ever played. So I don't remember it um, because I never announced my retirement. I just kind of, went
1: away <laughs> I just you just kind of escaped did you leave do you want to leave it open for you know maybe a return
2: a, a comeback uh absolutely not after yesterday's display of not being able to like jump one inch above my head to get an overhead no
1: way Aman and be- I your uh co-producer at power hour and I were watching it and texting we were like oh man Stubbs he still's got it the legends don't sleep on oh, her I might I still have it in certain
2: regards, but there's a lot of things that I don't have anymore, like leg strength. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> um, I want to talk to you, speaking of mixed doubles, or sorry, speaking of doubles, about um, something that was so atrocious to me uh, the other day, which was did you happen to catch this call, um, Allie Wiss? Oh, Risk did. Yeah, of course. Pegs. It uh, yeah. uh, ends up being a very, very um, close match, a three set. Um, women's match. Uh, Ali Risk is playing with Linda Fertova, the, another young, really good Czech, and they are playing. Who's still Ali in the tournament? By pet. the way, they're still in the tournament, right? They. Yeah. Um, Ali hits Panova, who hits it hits her body, and it bounces over the net, which is the points immediately over. Ali apologizes. The ump somehow didn't see that it hit her body and calls a Ali for a, a hindrance call, which means you've said something out loud and that means it's distracted your opponent, and gives the point to Pavlova <laughs> and her partner. And Allie Risk, who you know to be, as do I, a pretty chill, mild-mannered, like, you know, America's sweetheart, kind of like Pittsburgh, Midwestern type, goes apeshit. The <laughs> apeshit. internet is she awash loves. with her, like, that's not the rule, Carolyn! yelling at the supervisor she does a mockery of the chair rump saying oh i'm sure that's how you saw it i'm sure just like ali rusk is like the most mild mannered then all of a sudden she takes off her mask and she turns into the hulk like it was incredible to, to watch she and was- also infuriating
2: I, I i was thinking the whole time i was like is she a gemini uh, you know because <laughs> she she just she just turned uh, this like incident into an absolute internet sensation classic um but she's right like uh, the same thing happened to me one time caitlin at the french open where i um was playing elena Dokić, and i hit a volley that that i knew as soon as it came off my racket it was going to hit her and <laughs> so as, to, as so it did hit her it hit her, it, she turned her back and it went off her back and went out and i said sorry immediately and, um, oh, sorry, Yelena, you know, straight away. And then the umpire says, love 15. I'm like, no, no, it's 15 love. It, the ball hit her. And he goes, I didn't see it. And <gasps> I go, what? I go, Yelena, Elena, the ball hit you. And anyway, she kept walking away no. from me and then turned around and waggled a finger at me and said, don't talk to me, talk to him, <gasps> meaning the umpire. Knowing full well that he didn't see the ball. And he didn't see the hitter. And so I was like, what?
1: Have you, oh, you ever forgiven her? Oh, my God.
2: Uh, no. No, actually, I haven't. Uh, and I didn't talk to her after that for about 15 years, honestly. And then the only time I've talked to her is because she wanted to talk to me about her book and the incident in her book, if anyone's ever read it, is um, me uh, basically going and standing up to her dad at one point and blah 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 but she wanted to talk about that that situation so she could put it in her book but no i haven't i haven't spoken to her really before or after that um because i just lost so much respect for her that that and and
1: honestly that was my read the internet was roasting the umpire for being on top of it literally physically and missing it somehow and then the supervisor being there and also missing it which also kind of seems to often be the case with supervisors where they're like well i was right here but i missed it And you're like well then what are you doing right there picking your nose yeah let's go but to me, and I'm glad because after I responded this way, I feel like some momentum got uh, got sort of <coughs> on the right side, which is as an athlete, you call that on yourself 100% of the time. These are your coworkers. You have to look at them in the locker room. And just like you were describing with Yelena Dokic, Pavlova gets hit with the ball. She knows she was hit. She walks away. She doesn't interrupt the umpire. She lets Allie Risk go into this big, long thing. And she could have stopped it at any point by being like, you know what, it did hit me. Just take the point because that's the right and sporting thing to do. And that's is exactly what she just should have done in this case, in my opinion. Like that is absolutely, it's like when you have a double bounce or you see, you know, a blatant call that goes in your favor when maybe it shouldn't, and I want to say, like, on the rare occasions when this happens and somebody like Novak Djokovic gives the point correctly to his opponent because the the umpires missed it, like, nothing warms my heart. And, you know, I have plenty of criticism for that guy in other ways. But in that way, he's always been a very good sport and it's, uh, always stood out to me because I think that that's, like, absolutely atrocious. It reminds me of junior tennis when that happens. And it made me so infuriated. And I was very happy to see Ali Risk won the match, but also I want to make a special call out to that athlete for not calling it on herself, which is what she should have done.
2: hundred percent. Like there's no way a ball would hit my body and go over the net and me go. Yeah, yeah. I hit that. That was definitely me. Definitely did that because there are 50,000 cameras around the court. Everybody in the locker room knows it hit you. Like, so for me, locker room reputation is the most important thing. And if you become a cheat, you are a cheat forever. Like you are a cheat forever. So that girl is never going to leave that down. So she's always going to be known as somebody who will adamantly take a point right in front of you. Uh, I mean, and I've told you this before, Liesl Huber did the same thing on, I might've been, been, not the same court, but the same thing on a double bounce on match point against Merza and Viznina. You can look it up on YouTube. Everybody claimed that she picked up the ball and it, Everybody knew in the locker room. We were all watching it, and everybody knew the ball bounced twice. Now, everybody knows that Liesl will cheat her way through anything because she's done it before. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but that's the thing. Everybody in the locker room knows, well, it's Liesl. Of course she's going to do that. So if you want that reputation for the rest of your career, have at it. I don't want that. That is not something that I want to live with. And so that girl's never going to live that down. Ter- Good, and, a, and- horrific. To me,
1: she shouldn't. I mean, look, umpires miss some stuff sometimes, but it's on us as players. And that goes from recreational to anything to, like, just get it done. So for me, that's it. All right. You have an extremely busy week ahead of you, so I want to make sure that we get any other talking points you want in. You're going <coughs> to be on the courts. You're going to be celebrating Sam. You're going to be seeing friends and family. Um, any big, like, big-picture takeaways from the from the Australian Open so far that uh, we haven't really talked uh, about?
2: I think tennis fans have been just dying for uh, live tennis for the last couple of years. We saw the, the atmosphere and the crowds at, at the US Open this year um, how boisterous they were whether it be Serena whether it be you know TIAFO the finals doesn't matter they were just they were just so pent up with this emotion to want to watch live tennis and we are seeing it on full brand here at the Australian Open. It has been unbelievable the crowds they have been so boisterous so into it on every court every court and air it is so packed at the australian open uh, tennis is well alive it is hugely popular and they're getting a show this year by uh, the men are the men are outshining the women on this occasion sometimes it's the women have incredible matches and we have these great three set matches the men are just just They're just playing some amazing tennis and it gives me a lot of hope. And, you and I talk about this quite often, but it's given me a lot of hope to know that um, without the Raja and the Rafa, because he's not here um, anymore, you know, tennis, guess what? Tennis survives. It's amazing. If you have great tennis, you have great matches. People love the sport, and that's the takeaway I have, that the crowds have just been incredible here at the Australian Open. And then the second week, which is about to start today, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, There's a bunch of Americans still in the tournament um, doing really, really well. Uh, Alex Dimonor from Australia is still in the tournament. He goes up against Novak now. We'll see how that goes. Um, But, yeah, and, of course, Novak just hanging around every single match. He's the one to beat still.
1: Um, last thoughts, just cause we have not talked about it on this show, even though we talked about it a little bit this past week on your show. By now, everybody should have watched at least all five of the first episodes of Breakpoint on Netflix. And if they haven't, then turn this off because there might be some spoilers. I um honestly my overall take on it is I'm happy that it happened. I'm happy that we have new sort of ways for fans to get into the sport. I didn't think it's was particularly interesting, it didn't hit well them up. done. No, it, it, was, it left a lot to be desired. And I'm a fan, as are you, of Drive to Survive.
2: Yeah, I think the thing that – and I, I've heard that the drama, more of the drama, is going to happen in the second part of the series, and I'm happy to hear that. Um, but I would like to see more. I know from, the fact, from a fact of talking to a bunch of people in the show that there was a lot of things that they left out that they were surprised at. There was um, psychology sessions that they got to hear that were massive fights between a player and a coach that didn't air – There's a lot of stuff that did not go on the actual show that I'm hearing from the actual participants in the movie, uh, in the series, uh, saying that I'm surprised they didn't put that up. I'm surprised they didn't put that up. So there's a lot of stuff that I think that hopefully in the second series they put more drama Um, And I did mention it to someone who's part of the series. I was like, I hope we see more drama in the behind the scenes because nobody, when I talk to people about certain things in my life or tennis and they love the behind the scenes, they love the stories. Oh, well, you're never going to believe this happened actually before the match. You know what I mean? They go, oh, tell me about it or during the match. So that's the stuff I want to see more of. So hopefully from the word that I'm getting, it's going to be more dramatic. We didn't even know that Isla, Tom Lanovich, and Bertini broke up in that time, you know? So there was a lot of things that were left off the, the table. So hopefully that doesn't happen in the second part. But I am I, enjoying it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not sad about watching a show about tel- tennis my favorite subject in the world by a wide margin. I guess for me, I am one of the things that I'm most worried about because I don't necessarily care how good this show is. I don't need it to be good. I don't need it to be, you know, I think it's, at the very least something additive to our sport. I am worried about the fact that tennis is so hard to find, especially in the U S yes, once we yes. get all these new fans and the kind of some of the commentary that's waiting for them, some of the labyrinthine ways that they have to pay extra to watch tennis because it's not aired on any broadcast channel or, the tennis channel gets it during the non-slam times and doesn't do a very good job of it. You know, to me, it's just, it's, it's, there's a lot of hoops to go through. And frankly, I, I wish ESPN would do a better job of promoting it on the, the main broadcast. You know, they've had free diving and other things on the second channel. I don't want to put you in spot by talking about this, but like there's many things I could say about it. But the most disappointing thing is just there's no dialogue between ESPN Plus and ESPN. And that to me is crazy. Like you paid for this big thing and then you're just going to ignore it, you know? I, I see free diving on ESPN. It's great. How How is this happening?
2: Yeah, I listen, I mean, it's a, well above my pay grade, as you know. Um, and, um, I know that there are a bunch of, I know that there are a lot of people at ESPN, um, particularly us at ESPN tennis that want it on the linear channel that want it, have it on ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN news, whatever it needs to be on cable. Um, um, but it goes well above us, even all the people at tennis, it goes way above us, um, trying to drive stuff through ESPN plus. Um, and apparently from the numbers, they're quite big, um, and they're doing really well. So, um, that's important for ESPN, for ABC, Disney, to get things on digital. People watch stuff now, you know, diehards, maybe not, but people watch stuff on their phones, on their iPads, on their computers, um, a lot. Um, I think the difference with this one is it, it, it's 2 in the morning, so not many people are going to be watching it on their computer. They're going to want to watch it lying in bed on, on their TV. So, look, it's it, I will tell you that us at tennis, at ESPN, please don't yell at us. It's not us that are making these calls Um Right, right to right to the people that are way above us um, and get them to understand it. But, you know, currently there's nothing we can do about it other than do our jobs.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. I think you're right. It's an ESPN, Disney, ABC kind of question. Because... Trust
2: me, everybody at in that Bristol um, unit right now hates being there and wants to be here in Melbourne. <laughs> they do not want to be sitting in a cubicle in Q- Bristol, Connecticut. Will in we dis- see in you January. this
1: week on ESPN? Are you going to do commentary this week? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, be, I'm working the whole
2: time while I'm here for ESPN. So uh, we'll continue our coverage down here um, courtside and all that sort
1: of stuff. All right, good. I should let you know you have so much to do. Um, Renee, make me a promise. I know you're coming in hot like the last minute of the tournament and then you're like off to the airport and get a plane, but um, let's make a point to check in because we will have so many results to talk about and maybe some new champions uh to discuss
2: very possible we're gonna have new champions although i still think novak's uh looking pretty good even with a hamstring injury
1: yeah same so we'll see all right, all right. enjoy
2: the hey, week enjoy everybody hey thanks for joining us guys and uh stay tuned for the second week of the train open can't wait all right and if you. you
1: want to catch more renee Stubbs, it is on the power hour amazon sports prime every day five to six eastern time it's live sometimes i get to be on it it's great all right Stubbsy. be well talk soon bye mate bye everyone